Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks for having me and um, thanks, Brown, for the opportunity. Um, I feel there's a very strong theme of God's goodness um, here tonight, and and uh, I want to tie it up with my message tonight. Um, there's uh, there's something that we need to remember: God is always good, and He wants to talk to us. He wants to have us closer to Him. He wants us to draw near to Him. And um, as my theme tonight says, uh, what what keeps us from hearing God? He wants to talk to us, but what what keeps us from Him? Um, have anyone, one of you, walked out of a church service and felt, I didn't receive anything today? Uh, you feel empty. Or maybe walking out of a small group session, you feel, yeah, maybe I must try another group. Maybe this group is not giving me what I, what I need. Or, um, or maybe you just feel empty after such a session. You don't feel like you've heard anything. Um, I want you to think about that for a second. Because God wants to talk to us. We come together in these, um, at these times to hear God's voice. So before we get into the word, I just want to pray for us. Let's close our eyes. Lord, thank you for this, for this evening. And thank you for the fact that you want to talk to us and that you want a relationship with us. And there's no relationship without communication. And Lord, I want to thank you for, for every heart that is here, every person that is here. And I want you to please come and open our hearts to receive your goodness. Um, Work the soil, make it ready to receive it. I pray this in your name alone. Amen. Right, so today I want to read from James, um, James chapter 4. Um, I'm going to go through it quickly and then we can discuss a bit more some of the truths around um, God's talking to us and some things that keep us from hearing God. James 4 verse 6 to 12. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will free, flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against their brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So it's quite a quite a straightforward, hard-eating section. And... Um, we had a, two weeks ago, Henry gave some word, and also in the beginning, he mentioned the context. We must always remember the context. And I want to just focus quickly on, on the book of James. Um, it's, it's an extremely practical book in the Bible, um, something that is quite confronting. There's a lot of straightforward, hard-eating statements and guidelines that it gives us. So um, this is for us as believers. It's, it's guidelines for how, do we sh how should we live. How should we as disciples live? Um, and, and there's a lot. Testing our faith, hearing and doing. Um, there's a, quite a section on partiality, which is also worth talking about. Um, 
faith without works, taming the tongue. It's like Robin said, how dangerous is it even not only for the people around us, but for ourselves. We can, so yeah. And then also worldliness. So tonight I want to focus on pride, specifically on pride and how that keeps us from hearing what God wants to talk to us, what he wants to say to us. Um, as we go through this scripture, there's, I'll, I want to just stop at the few sections. The first one is God opposes the proud. So if we come to a gathering like this and we want to, we want to hear from God, but we are in a, in a position of opposition with God, how can we expect to hear anything? We, we, are, we are in a, in a state of, I want to say, war with someone. If he opposes you because of your, your pride, you, you cannot expect to receive anything. It's, it's, it's clear. God opposes us. Um, and it's not only that he opposes us in the terms that we will not hear what he wants to say to us, but he, we also block ourselves from receiving gifts from him. Grace. We, we don't receive grace. We don't receive um, uh I mean, support from the, our fellow Christians and so on. So it's a, it's a dangerous place to be in opposition with God. The verse that just builds on this is Luke, Luke, 19, oh, Luke 18, verse 9 to 14. He also told the parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one, of the, one, uh, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, could not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his heart breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went home and down to his own justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. It's, it's clear, right? So I'll come back to that. Next verse. He gives grace to the humble. So that is now the complete opposite of, of opposes the proud. So the grace, if we, if we want something, if we need something, God is gracious and he gives to us. But if we are in a position of opposition, well, we, we are keeping ourselves from receiving this grace. It's like Matthew 7 verse 11 says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So once again, this scripture is actually straightforward. He gives grace to the humble. What we need, he will give to us. We need to humble ourselves, to put ourselves in a position to receive this. The next section, next verse, resist the devil. It is, it is an active command that we've received. It is, it is not be aware of him. It is not, he is there, focus on this. He says, resist the devil. We need to actively be aware that the devil is fighting against us. As soon as we walk through the door of the church, as soon as we walk into our small group, as soon as we walk into any place where there is word that wants to be shared, the devil is actively fighting against us. So we need to actively resist the devil. Uh, Jonathan Edwards has a quote. Uh, he says, nothing sets a Christian so much out of the devil's reach than humility. Um, Ephesians 6 verse 11, 
we are not fighting against flesh, but we are fighting against the forces, the the forces of evil, the spiritual forces of evil. So it's clear in the word that we are we are constantly busy with a fight. There's something happening. We we need to be aware of this and we need to actively resist that. <clears throat> James verse eight. Uh, James four verse eight. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. And this is actually this is uh, this is encouraging. This is encouraging in the sense that as we as we know that if we do not humble ourselves, He will resist us. But in this case, if we draw near to Him, He will move closer to us. It's like um, when my wife calls me or tells me something down the hall, and I do not hear her properly. I do not hear what, exactly what she says. I move closer to her to hear what she's saying. And um, and God does the same. As soon as we move closer to him, he moves closer to us. And what we need to hear, what he wants to, he wants to tell us is a lot clearer. We can hear then what he says. We, it's, not, it's not vague. It's not far off. All we need to do is draw near to him and he will draw near to us. It's completely opposite to the opposition that we can receive. The next verse. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I'm reminded of also another statement that Brown often uses. If we go to God and we, we ask him, please talk to me, or we, we spend time with him, and there's something that comes up, something that we need to deal with, something that we need to go to someone maybe and confess, or maybe we need to go to someone and apologize. But then we say, ah, this is uncomfortable, or you're too proud to go apologize. This thing stands in your way, and every time that you go to God, this thing pops up and it pops up and it pops up. And after, after a month, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. But if we address that, if we, like he says, cleanse our hands, you sinners, and purify our hearts. If we, if we sort out what is keeping us from receiving, then how many more opportunities will there be from God to talk to us even more? Instead of just hearing what we already heard, but we are, we are um, disobedient and we don't want to face that because we are proud. And then um, another section, the, the next one, verse 11. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks evil against the brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. Um, I want to just back this with First Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 22. I left out a section there, but you can follow. It says, we ask you, brothers, to um, respect those who labor among you and um, are over you the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work but be at peace among yourselves then verse 19 do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecies but test everything hold fast to what is good and abstain um, from every form of evil now uh, this morning I also said there's this verse 20 or oh, um, yeah test everything is a very dangerous verse to give to any high school student or uh, or someone at university because they might change it. You know, so context once again. Do not despise prophecies. Um, this ministry that we received from from Robin from Stefan, um, it is it is a gift that God sends. Where I have one message that I want to give tonight. Maybe someone needed that just that little push, like Stefan mentioned. You don't have to be perfect. Maybe it's a group of people who had to hear that. That's that one thing is keeping them from going to God. So if we if we say, ah, oh, this this ministry or the person coming up now, I know him, he's not that great a guy. I'm just not gonna listen. 
we are we are stopping the word of God from reaching our hearts. It's um it's the same with do not do not um the previous slide where it says do not speak evil against one another, brothers, or judge one another's. Um and uh, let's and in Thessalonians once again, um we need to respect those who labor among you. Um and the aid speaks specifically about people like Brown, um, people like any pastor from, from any church. That person is placed there by God. Um in whether it's in our congregation or any other congregation, he's placed there by God. And and if we we judge them, we are like it says here, we are judging the law. And once again, that person is placed there by God with a word from God. So if we walk in there with a bias from the beginning, we will not receive. We are we are our our pride and, and thinking my church is better is keeping us it's closing our ears. It's 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 stopping us from hearing what um what we should hear. Um, then, yeah, just to test everything, I quickly want to stop there. It's prophecies, and I think it is something that we are scared of to a certain extent. We are scared that someone gives us a gives us a word, and now all of a sudden I need to quit my job and I need to do this or that. But this is important. The next verse saying, "Test everything and keep what is good." Um, if we are if we are of a mindset that as soon as someone gives us a message we need to run away, then we will not even be able to hear what he's saying and we will not even be able to test that. So be open for it. We need to be careful that we do not stop it before we even receive it. So now I want to stop and quickly look at some places where where the pride can keep us from hearing. And the first one is church. We come together on a Sunday specifically to hear from God. And... Um, we can take it all the way from the very first step. Uh, the first thing that we do here, the person telling us, this is where the bathroom is, that is where this is, this security church and everything. If if you have a grudge against that person and you come sit here and that person is in front of you and they're guiding you around the church, you your first inclination is to be defensive. You, you immediately put yourself in a place of, uh, again, opposition almost. Um, maybe not directly against God, but again, it, it stops you from hearing. Um, praise and worship, right after that, we we sometimes feel ah, the praise and worship wasn't great, or I couldn't sing along, or maybe maybe half of the band couldn't make it on the last minute, and and it wasn't great. And um, then all of a sudden, we feel okay. And I speak to us as band members as well. Maybe we feel we could have done that better. And then we cut ourselves off from receiving during praise and worship. Because there's so much like just the, just the word that we receive from Estelle about the goodness of God and his faithfulness. Once again, that comes directly out of, out of praise and worship. After praise and worship, the sermon. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed this. There's often, there's often two pastors at a church. And then half of the, half of the church identifies with one and the other half with the other one. And it's like you join a partnership of pride with one of them. And it's like this this pastor, he's, he's in tune with God. And then whenever the other pastor is here, you see him and immediately you shut your ears. You start wandering off. You you, you start thinking about other stuff and whatever. But it's it's again, now now let's, let's take it even further. Now you go to another church. Uh, maybe it's Christmas. You um, I've, got, I've got the third one there. But um, uh, point three, but I'm going to quickly talk about it. Let's say you go to go to your parents' 
or your parents-in-law or someone. And now all of a sudden, this church is completely different than you are used to. And, and this is where this message, uh, this journey actually started for me. When I uh, met my wife, we were in totally different churches, totally different um, ways of doing things. I wasn't used to what they were used to. And um, my parents-in-law were even more different than what I'm used to. So every time, every time that I walk in there, I'm, I'm constantly like evaluating everything and, you know, very critical about it. And uh, there was one sermon that I, that I walked in and I realized I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge every single thing. I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to be critical about every single thing. But, but I'm here and, and that pastor in front there was placed here to give us a message. So just calm down and listen. Just listen to what's happening. So now I'm, I'm seated there. Praise and worship was nice. And then there's now ministry. Now I'm not used to ministry. And then uh, the first person comes up, gives a word, and it hits a nail. Next person comes. It's not re truly related to what the first person said, but again, it hits a nail. And the one after the other, the person, people came, they ministered, just gave what, were the, what was on their heart at that point. And every single thing was exactly what I needed to hear that day. It, it was so far off that at the end of the day, there wasn't even a sermon. Um, so, so, so much messages was brought from the, from the crowd. And I walked out of there and I realized that I might have blocked my ears and from, from a lot of messages, from a lot of grace, from a lot of input from, from other people that God uses just because I was critical when I walked in there. So another example, maybe weddings. Uh, a wedding, we usually go and you wait for the part where you see, okay, now they're husband and wife. But weddings have usually have messages directly focused on couples. So if you are couples or married couples, um, if you are married, it's, it's usually gold. Whatever the message is, what, that, what the pastor or minister or whoever gives there is usually worth so much. But we either think... Why is this guy giving the sermon? He doesn't even, he's, he's not a pastor. Or, or maybe, you, again, you know the person giving the message and you, you're critical about that. Um, so so it's, it's our bias um, of the location. Sometimes our, our thought of our church is better or just my pastor or this pastor in my church is better. So church, we, we are year to year, but there's so much that we allow the devil to close our ears. The next one that I, that I quickly want to stop at is small group. And I think it is, is also quite a sensitive one because here we are, we are actively talking to one another. And oftentimes, there's a few examples I want to use. Uh, there's a new person. New person in your small group. You don't know him. You don't know what his background is. And he starts talking. Immediately, you're like, oh, this guy is not even in our church. He's just visiting us. So immediately, you stop, stop listening. Or you've got that one guy in the group that talks a lot, you know, so he's always, he always has something to say. And as soon as he opens his mouth, you shut off because you feel I could have said it better than him. Or he's just, he just wants to talk or he just wants to complain or something like that. Immediately again, we stop, stop the word from, from, from eating our hearts because once again, you think, yeah, like I said, maybe you, I could have, give, I could have said it better. Um, or you are constantly sitting there wondering, how can I, I have a better, better example. I want to one-up this person. So as he's talking, you are not really hearing because you want to look better with your statement. I know more about the word. I, want, I, I have a better example. I've got more experience. So small group, 
Small group is another place that we get together. We want to receive. We are there to receive. We are there to hear. But there's so much that we allow. There's, there's so many places we allow our pride to stand in front of that, uh, in front of us hearing. Now, why is it dangerous? What is the, what is the dangers of uh, pride? And the first statement is, is actually quite clear and it, it hits hard, but it's an unrealistic view of ourselves. And with that, it means that we might think that we are way better than we are. Um, we, we might feel I'm not as bad as the person next to me. So we disconnect ourselves. We put ourselves one, one step higher. Um, we, we say our church, my church is better than your church. We have an unrealistic view of our church. Um, so anytime that you walk into another place of worship, uh, you, you immediately cut off any message that you can receive that day. Um, there's a, there's a nice verse for this Philippians two verse three in humility, value others better than yourself. So that's that's clear as day. We need to we need to immediately from the I almost want to say from the kickoff, imagine ourselves weaker or, or worse off. It's like like uh, Paul mentioned. Someone um, brought a piece of scripture there where Paul said he where he's strong where he's weak. And the same with us. If we put ourselves in the place of humility, we already put ourselves or we put ourselves in the place where we can um, receive from others. Um, so in humility, value others better than yourselves. The next one is the, it detaches us from community. So the example of small small group again. If you are not willing to put yourself, and I'm not even saying at eye level with someone else, but to 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 humble yourself, to bring your issues, to bring your weaknesses, there is no support for you. If I am not willing to tell someone, listen, I'm struggling with this then how am I going to receive support for that? So as it continues, we start detaching ourselves from the community. We start putting ourselves further and further away from support, further and further away from word that someone can give directly to us because they know what we are going through. Um, so it is, it is dangerous and it is harmful to ourselves where we actually have, we have, we have this support structure that is given, given to us by God. Um, and by our pride, we set ourselves aside. We set ourselves apart from them. Um, the next one is the critical spirit. I touched on that shortly, but, but I think it is, it is something worth mentioning again. If we are critical about everything, if we are critical about every person talking to us, every church that we go to, every praise and worship session, every person who comes to minister, if we are critical and we are constantly evaluating them, we start losing that openness to receive. Um, and, and that is exactly what pride does. It puts this bias in our hearts to, to say that ours is better, mine is better, I am better. Um, so we, we become judges. It's like a, the scripture said there in the beginning. We start judging others. We start judging the law. We... we exalt ourselves we um we yeah <laughs> nothing is good enough nowhere where we go if we if we have pride in our hearts nothing will be good enough at some point even our church if you are a member here and we're struggling with that even our church is not going to be good enough at some point you're going to think 
that person looked at me funny or she didn't greet me again today or, or something like that. And, and you're going to go look for another place. You are going to go look for another small group because um, nothing is good enough. So the pride, it's hindering us. It's keeping us away from, from, from connecting. The next one, doctrinal pride. I don't know if I've, I know I've had this a few times in my life. When, when someone opens, so they say, today we're going to read this story or, or um, this parable. Then in my mind, I go, okay, I know, I know exactly what this parable is about. And we do that. We, we say, okay, we know what he's going to talk about. Or we think, oh, we've heard this type of sermon so many times. But there's a danger in that. There's a danger in, in first of all, maybe God has shown that person more meat from that section that we are not used to. Um, something that we didn't think about yet. Um, it's, it's revealed to that person. He's got a totally different angle. And he brings out so much more truth that we can hear from that section. Uh, even a greater danger is maybe we com completely misunderstand that section. Maybe we, we missed the point. Um, we focused on one verse alone and we've moved it out of its context. And now, now all of a sudden this person comes and he, he brings the whole picture. And, and there's so much more to learn. So if we, if we think, I know, I know the word. It's a very dangerous place to be. Um, it keeps us from, from receiving so much from, from other people um, and um, from the word. I mean, it's, it's the word of God. If we think we know what it says out of a place of pride, we close our ears immediately. So let's make it practical. How do we then apply this? How do we then listen? How do we listen well? And the first thing is to humble ourselves. Um, this morning... When I had to do the Afrikaans sermon, I, I tried to get the word for humble other than um, verneder. Because verneder, if you, if you think of the word, it's, it's like you get a bad connotation to it. You feel like it's, you are now put to shame. It's almost like you are being put to shame. But there is not a, there is not a better Afrikaans word. And I think sometimes if we are not careful, that is what's going to happen. We will be put to shame. Maybe it's a simple example, but maybe you think that I know what's going on in this piece of scripture. And then the person, the new guy in your, in your, in your small group, he's like, but isn't that what it means? And then you went out strong with your opinion and you're way off. So, so the first place, humble yourself. We need to test our hearts. Um, pride, is, pride is a funny thing. It's very easy to see in someone else. Uh, it's like, I this morning also used the example. It's like the sun. You almost don't have to look for it, but you see. It. But in our own lives, it's a lot more difficult. You, you have to close the curtains, switch off the lights, and start looking deeply into your life. Where am I proud? Where am I maybe doctrinally proud? Maybe I'm proud of my church and, and not like proud that I'm glad they're doing the work of God. I'm putting my church at a higher level than anyone else or myself at a higher level than someone else. So we need to constantly look into our hearts. James 1 verse 19 to 21 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your life. Slow to speak, quick to hear that we can receive the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. Um, I mean, that's also, that's, it's just so clear. It's, it's good. It's a good practical thing also for your small group. 
be humble. You don't have to say something every single time, especially if, if it's just to one up the previous person. Be slow to speak. And um, of course, slow to anger, and that, that's a topic on its own, but um, quick to hear. Then draw near to God. Um, that's also clear from, this, from the section that we read. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And just practically, during the week, if we spend time with God, we are busy. He's busy. Uh, um, he's working the soil. He's, he's preparing the soil to receive seed. If we, are, if we are aware of our shortcomings, if during the week maybe we've got questions, maybe we've got a, a desire that comes up during our time with God, by the time that we get to small group on a Wednesday or Thursday or when we get to church, we are at a much better position to receive um, because of this time that we have spent, because of this pre-work that was done. So just in drawing nearer to God, we already, we already realize I need God. I'm not perfect. I need God. Um, what I'm about to receive here is maybe for me. I need him. I need to humble myself. The next one, resist the devil. Um, I touched on this in the beginning. It's, it's so clear also in the beginning to resist the devil. Um, Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5b says, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And this is the, this is the practical thing that I saw now, actually what I learned from, from that day with my parents-in-law's church. I need to constantly stop myself from being critical. I need to constantly be aware of that attack that the devil is trying to close my ears from what is about to happen here. It's, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it even more. We need to be, be aware of the fact that we need to actively resist the devil. We need to take our thoughts captive. It's easy to sit here and to lose, to lose focus. And the last one, the last section that I actually want to talk about tonight is repentance. I had a discussion with Brown earlier this week um, and it's it's actually so so uh, liberating to to go to someone and confess your sin, because as soon as we do that, we bring ourselves down. We do not have anything to stand on anymore to think that I'm better than this person. Because if I do not tell someone of my my weaknesses, in my mind, I'm always better than him. I am aware of his weaknesses. I'm aware of her weaknesses. But I do not make any of my weaknesses uh, known to them. So I put myself there. But if we start repenting, if we start confessing to one another, even if it's, even if it's not sin, and it's just, I have this desire, I have this, this need in my heart, and I want someone to pray with me. By doing that, by going to someone and asking someone, listen, Nanu, pray with me about this, please. I need to first humble myself. And know that after I've spoken to him, he's going to know that I've got this, this urge or this weakness or something. And, and without, without doing that, without humbling myself, without uh, repenting, I cannot have that. I cannot have that connection with, with a brother. I'm always going to be, in my mind, one step above him, one step above her. And, and, another, and another important thing is that we, when... when uh, Anu spoke about the ceiling. We have many times heard that it feels like we are praying against a wall, right? Uh, you, you're constantly praying, but it's hitting a wall. And, and once again, it's the same thing. 
we not only keep ourselves from our brothers, we don't not only keeping ourselves from our small group and so on, but we are keeping ourselves from properly connecting with God. And he is there. It's like the that song said, your goodness is running after me. His faithfulness never fails. He's always there. He wants to talk to us. He wants to give us guidance. He wants to give us food. He wants to give us grace. But if we are constantly praying against this wall, constantly putting ourselves on this pedestal, saying, I do not need people. I do not need to hear more. I do not need to understand this better. I am better than everyone around me. It, it, keeps, us, it keeps us from receiving. It keeps us from, from hearing the message that God wants to give us. The last verse, I'm going to end up for us with this. James 1 verse 5. If any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. It is, it is again, um, it's good news. It is uh, reassuring. It is uh, uplifting to know that if we go to God, he comes to us. It is, uh, he says, he, if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. Just get, it, get the verse exactly. But um, oh, let's not waste time with that. If we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. If we ask him, show us where we need to work on this pride, he will answer us. If we ask him for wisdom, he will give it to us. So I'm going to close off for us in prayer. I'm going to give everyone, I'm going to give you just a few seconds. Um, if I maybe offended you in some way, then uh, in my mind, that's a good thing. It's, it's, a, it's a place where, where maybe, the, maybe the pride has been shown to you. Maybe maybe it's being addressed um, and you are fortunate that God doesn't have to humble you if you need to forneder me. And then if you feel that no, there's nothing at home, maybe just spend some time, switch off the lights, close the curtains and see if you see that little, a little piece of pride that is keeping us from hearing God's word. So let's, let's close our eyes. I'm going to give us a few seconds and... Um, Let's just look through our hearts. Let's test our hearts. Maybe you have a, a critical spirit. Maybe you realize that you constantly have an opinion about everything or want to check everything in the church before you accept it. Maybe you um constantly trying to one-up someone. You forget to listen what they are saying because you're thinking about what can I say. Maybe you are you are aware of the constant attacks on your on your thoughts while um, while in church or, um, or in small group. Lord, I thank you for this evening, and I thank you for the knowledge that as we draw nearer to you, you draw nearer to us. Thank you for the fact that we can know that that you will you will lift us up if we humble ourselves. The fact that we are strong when we are weak. I do not have to be perfect. I do not have to be perfect to serve you. I do not have to be perfect. And um, 
Lord, also thank you for showing us and that we are not perfect. I pray that you you shine the light on anything that keeps us from hearing your word. Anything in church, anything in a small group, anything in an external gathering that keeps us from hearing your word. Lord, I pray that you will shine that light on it that we can address it. We can that we can start working on it, Lord, that we can start actively fighting against the devil. And thank you for the knowledge that if we stand against him, the word says he will flee from us. And with that, the knowledge that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. Lord, I pray for every person here. I pray that you will, you will talk a lot loudly to them they can hear the gifts that you want to give them the encouragement that you want to give them all of us lord that we can that we can receive the gifts that we can receive the grace that you that you have planned for us thank you for this day thank you for the opportunity to come together like this and to receive your word praise in your name alone